Welcome to Marketing Money Podcast. Roll it. We're rolling in. Welcome to the Marketing Money Podcast. Uh, Mr. Mabus is over here eating a birthday cupcake that's not his birthday. Happy birthday. To somebody that was in the break room as we start this. Uh, was it birthday, Bobby? Whose birthday was it? Everybody's. He's a break room thief then over here. No. They were out for public consumption. According, like, to, according to you. I'm the boss. Yeah. Here. Yep. Yep. Mavis yep, World yep. Headquarters. So today is the Friday before the Super Bowl. We're not going to bore you with too much Super Bowl advertising talk. We'll do that one, next week. We haven't seen them yet. But if you'd like to see our opinion, you can go to Financial Brand and check that out. Yeah, that's the pre-talk, pre-game. Yeah. And check out that uh check out their website and see the little pre-game talk of ads and what we think's going on with, with them their ads this year. But uh anyway, what is uh Eagles versus the Chiefs. Is that who's playing? I can't even remember. I don't care. Chief, I, Eagles are going to win. Eagles are going to win. For sure. 34-28. Yeah, I agree. Oh, I like it. Agreed to me. We'll see who wins. Jalen Hurts deserves it. <laughs> and a hundred million. I love people are like, oh, he's done this and that because he got benched at Alabama and then he came back, Oklahoma, Heisman runner-up. Gets to the Eagles, third or fourth round draft pick, whatever he was. Now he's starting quarterback. I'm like, yeah, he's had a tough, like, get on the field situational time, but no, he's major athlete and played major sports at every level. Like, the tough part has been just like decisions coaches have made. He's, his adversity is, is not been injury. It's just he's been of, of all the adversities. Yeah. It's, it, the adversity he's had is just sticking with the Alabama program when he knew Tua was going to get him benched. Yeah. But anyway, this isn't a sports bro- podcast broadcast. Is this it is, not? No, it's not. We move on. So today, I think we're going to talk a little about those magical three letters that are what? KGB. Uh, yeah, we can talk about that. The spy plane? Was that KGB? No, that was. It wasn't even a balloon. It was not a plane nor KGB. Is it a balloon? Is it it a a plane? And I was joking that entire time, just so you know. But anyway, because some people, oh, he didn't know. No, I was kidding with the whole thing. I wish you had just left it. Like there were people that cared that you didn't know. Yeah, like text me, hey man, you know you made a mistake. It was a balloon, and it was not Russian. (laughs) Like just explain the whole thing to me. Yeah, that'd be great. Because there's so many people on Facebook right now explaining what that was. Because it's a conspiracy. It was actually Chat GPT. Yeah. And Let someone said, go. make a balloon that will spy on people, and it created one. Yeah. And it said, make it Chinese, and it made it. So yeah. it's, anyway. ROI, that's what you're talking about. ROI, because every time you and I do a little speaky, at least probably more me than you since I actually work for a bank, and you work, I, I you actually, work, actually you work, work four banks. <laughs> you work four. Four. Uh, but the uh, it's always, you show some content, and they're always like, well, what's the ROI? And you're like... Why do we always have to focus on that and not the creative or the execution or the quality of the communication or the messaging? Everyone jumps to ROI, and I think that's a bank thing because we're a numbers-driven business, mm-hmm. and it's— Well, it's the, the reason they're asking is because that's what they're asked. And they can't get to the other stuff until they get past that. So and I, do, really hard I for didn't a, get it. It's really hard for a lot of people to look at their CEO 
and say, I have a really good idea about an advertising campaign. And the first thing CEO says, well, what's it going to bring to the bank in dollars? And you can't go tell the CEO to go screw himself with a dumb question or whatever. It's not necessarily dumb, but. No, but it's, it, it's almost too much beginning with the end in mind to use one of the, the Covey, well, yeah. Covey Covingtons. I, let, let, me ask, let me pose you this before we get into the nitty gritty of ROI. I'm going to get gritty. Well, this is the nitty. Nitty gritty dirt band. Music podcast. If you had the choice, but if I came to you as your agency partner, vendor partner, and said, I've got an ad concept that's not creative, but will give you a guaranteed 10% lift versus an ad that is very creative and could give you a hundred percent lift or a zero percent lift, not a negative. Which one are you picking? Same budget, no other parameters. Which one is a as a CMO? The hundred percent one. But I'm different from other banks. Yeah. One, that's what makes me me. Yeah. But secondly, is ten percent is a low enough margin that if I'm between a hundred and zero, I may land on fifty. And beat it anyway. Like, yeah. and I like home runs. Some people like singles. I, I, I like going for the big, the big score. To me, that that's the question every bank faces. When and it's the culture of the bank that usually dictates that. When a company like me pitches them something, and and you can imagine, clients we don't gain, clients we have that we've had and lost, clients that we um, not so much clients that we have, but we pitch ideas that I mean that's. We've never said it that way. I mean, just with what you said, that's what jumped into my head. I was trying to pick the numbers on the fly, but I, I got cl- I got right because like the difference between zero and ten is not that much, but the chance to get a hundred to double well, to is. Me, and, and you can do ten percent no, marketing all day long. That yeah, in my mind, yeah, you kind of show up. Yeah, I mean, inflation's nine. You, you almost get that from the market. Yeah, so yeah, new people moving or whatever. Yeah, but. What we're talking about, and the reason I said 100% or zero is I think a lot of bankers look at a creative idea as either it could be a loss. It's more like 50 plus 50 and minus 50. Does that make sense? Like, that's the way that, like, this could be really great, or I could lose my job. And there really aren't many negative 50 plays, unlike Pepsi, Kendall Jenner ad, or whatever. Yeah, they spent a boatload of money on her. The production, the ad, and had to pull it two weeks later. That is a that Bruce is Springsteen a, Jeep commercial two three years ago. Got a DUI. Yeah, allegedly, I guess I have to say maybe I don't know. But doing car commercials when you're in the paper for do, or in the media for doing that is, in yeah. the papers. Did you read about? They don't have papers anymore. They read you read about that's Bruce? just a colloquialism of that. Easy for you to say. They're in the paper. In the you're pa- in the paper. I'm in the paper. You're in the paper. Um, actually, I'm in the money. You're wrong. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Setting the record straight, day. But anyway, that's. I think that's when you look at it at a creative idea versus doing what. You know, this is the thing that frustrates John and me is the derivative. Show me another bank that's done it. The dumb story I've said. It's a, not. It's a true story, but it's still dumb. Do something creative, but show me somebody else that's done it. I think most banks would rather take the ten. Well, I was on a call. I want to throw one more thing in. I don't want to interrupt you. I'm sorry. Go for it. Go for it. The thing I have to say about my analogy is there's no such thing as a 10% guaranteed gain anyway. They're both gambles. And then neither one of them are zero. Or like, neither one of them are negative. Like, you're not going to tank your bank. So why not do the creative thing? Sorry. I agree. You can look at what we do. And you'd see that I agree with you in in 
practice and in while we have a podcast. Yeah. I was on a call with a uh, bank vendor potential partner this week that was uh, explaining marketing from their angle or whatever, and they kept saying, and I'm I'm not using their ex- exact example, but I'm using this as as a way to explain what they said. Something that would have been like or been such as, if you wanted fifty million in deposits, you would figure out how to get it, and you would spend X much, knowing that when you spent that much, you would get the fifty million deposits. That's how to explain. So if you knew you're that, that's where I'm getting here. So, so, so think, so think about the plan that would guarantee you the results, and then do that. And that's plan. how much you have to spend. And I, and so, and I, that's not the first time I've heard that pitch that pitched to me that Is way. Is that as dumb as it? No, there's sounds? a lot of vendors that have pitched me something like, if you want this, you, spend, you spend this a, much on direct mail. If you, you spend, spend a million this dollars, on this, this get, is what you'll get. Like they're and so if my, you would spend a million dollars for this to get this result, then you should spend a million dollars. That that's. What? I can play it for you because it's recorded, but I'm not going to do it on here because I'm not going to embarrass anybody. But also... Okay, uh, let me just go ahead and... Free, free advice from a vendor on the vendor side, that's f***ing stupid. Well, you can't say that. He'll he'll beep it out. Yeah. Well, anyway. But my point in telling no, stop, you this... Stop pitching like it's, that. It's not the first time I've heard this. And my response is always... Just beep that out, Buck. My response is always, if we knew how much it costs to get what we wanted, why wouldn't we just decide what we wanted, and spend that much money. I mean, I know that sounds dumb, but it'd be like if, no, if no, someone a- said, you need $500 million in deposits, it's going to cost $5 million. Okay, we would just do it. Like, there wouldn't be, like, any discussion. It would just be, here we go, do it. But that, the world doesn't work that way. That, that's what we call thinkeration. That That's saying the something world doesn't work that, that way. sounds good that has no real-world application. Well, it's, it's, an, it's one of these... Give your money to me. Let me show what we can do, and and like no plan to do it. But here's what we think the results will be. Y'all know I'm anti-vendor, pretty much. I mean, or at least vendor pitch. But yeah, it's the I want your money because I'm a, because I'm in business. Let me show to you. get paid to do things. Well, it's kind of like the old. Uh, we'll see what's in the bill when we pass it. Like, yeah, I, no, I need to know because it's going to affect my bottom line and what I I spend on and all that stuff. But so my point of getting through that is I've heard this many times by different, especially marketing vendors, they'll say, well, if you spend X, we'll get you X. And my point that, number one is, if that's what you wanted, you would just spend it anyway because you know what you get. It doesn't work that way. And secondly, rarely does it ever hit the exact amount that they're pitching. You know what what else they're not willing to do? Is clawbacks if they don't hit their goal. There, there are, put your money where your mouth is. There are some non-marketing vendors that I've seen do that, but I've rarely ever seen a marketing vendor this one to do that. Now, the ones that I would give the challenge to are the ones that say, we only get paid off what the results are. So there are some of those, but again, you're getting something where you were getting nothing before. So that's not a, that's not a hard grab, you know what I mean? So anyway, what I wanted to get to here on the ROI point is, one, there are ways to measure ROI that we have now, I would say, discovered that a lot of people haven't, from what I've heard, especially in the banking industry, put together. And one is when you, I'm going to explain how we can do this, or we do this. When you start a campaign, you're doing digital, which in com- which in all has social, web, any type of geofencing, anything digital, put that in there. Television, that's not digital. It, the, Cam- it's but transitional, you see what I'm saying. Yeah. Digital, whether it be interesting or whatever it is. Yeah. And then if you want to throw in direct mail or billboards or radio or whatever other mm-hmm. traditional Let's stuff. Let's throw that out. Yeah. So you can throw that out. Put together your timeline of how long your buy is going to be for mm-hmm. all this stuff. So if it's from January 15th to 
March 15th or whatever. You want to put that down on paper and then you track, look at what you did last year during that time period when you didn't have a campaign running or baseline. similar campaign as your baseline. And then come in there and measure a few things. Measure web hits. Mm-hmm. People are seeing your brand. They're going to the web to see what it is. That means they are being driven there because of that campaign. Again, easy stuff, but I don't think a lot of people do it. Measure it comparatively. Uh, web, tra- not web traffic, branch traffic. Are more people coming to the branches during that time period too? And then measure your SEO. Are there searches? Did searches go up? Did products go up for the product you're advertising? If you're not doing brand, and then put all those together, and then str- and put them together, and you should see a neat correlation of when spending went up, those went up together. And if not, you're not doing successful advertising. People, are, oh, but you're seriously like that's what you want is someone to go to your web or go to your branch. Otherwise, you're just creating name ID, and you can measure that for two. With you can measure that too with surveys and you know marketplace um, polling, but point being is you should see a correlation between SEO, web, and branch traffic if your campaign is running properly. Yeah, and I would say if you're and not— And we see that. Like, we literally jumped out the room because we saw it a week ago in our tracking. So, anyway. Yeah, so this originated—I'll give you a little texture on the other side because John has the great position of being in the client seat, so he can ask a question, and then as the vendor, we're um, obliged to to jump and make that happen. So one thing I say about what John's saying is, as we put this together for him, that was about a that was a, was that a thirty month or thirty six month thirty was the, that the 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 scale of what we gave you it was it was more than months it was oh no the the scale for the months. whole thing it was from twenty eighteen to yeah. to now so the only warning I would give you and this is not as give it, taking what John said is. You've got to have a bigger scale than a few months. So it does take time. Oh, yeah. You, it's very. How, what a cool way to look at advertising when you didn't do it. If you're talking about time back, you're like, well, we just started well, doing this. Well, here's the thing because we looked at from that time period, not only do we have the baseline, there is no baseline of when we didn't do advertising, but there were uh, months in there or a year in there where we really pulled back on TV to move some funds over to another initiative. The impetus of this around that same year, we found that web searches, organic web searches, went down for that year tremendously. And so in the short term, we were like, hey, we went to John and said, hey, you just need to know, web. we believe this is an indicating factor that you probably need to run TV, at least reconsider it. So we rebalanced the budget. And I said, show me. Yeah, and we did. And we got TV, but what do you... What, the, the whole thing in looking back is we have the pandemic where there was a period of time, I think I can share this, is that the, the bank largely did not advertise. So we have the baseline of what of, of what branch traffic looks like. Now, branch traffic all w- was falsely zero because it wasn't just because of advertising. Well, there was branch traffic. It was drive-through traffic. Right, drive-through traffic. Yeah. Honestly, what we determined is that advertising works, that in a three-year view, advertising works. There is a correlation to web and physical traffic. Now, what is missing is, and what I would say is, if you're not at least doing that, then don't ask for ROI because that's the start. Now, the next question is, what is that traffic worth? Now, companies like Haberfeld have said, I think they set the standard on this, that a a DDA, retail, personal DDA is $2,500. value to it. And a commercial business. uh, I think it was only 250 bucks, though. Is it 250? Yeah. But, But a... Business accounts worth like ten thousand. I don't I try, remember. I it's, been, it's been years yeah. since. Sorry, I looked HPG, at contact me and correct me. I'm sorry um, to to give unwarranted information, but anyway, 
The point is there are prognosticators out there who handicap the amount. That's up to you to do. And a bank has to do that internally. An external third party can't say that traffic inside the branch is worth this much because it's blended, right? I mean, the, the new customer walking in is worth more than the existing customer in theory because that adds to the overall volume. But you have to start there. And I, and I hate to say that it is a long view. And the other thing you have to realize is ROI is a rear view mechanism. There is no forward-looking return on investment. You can guess. But I thought if you spent this much, you would get this much return. There, if anybody tells you that, I would urge you. Now, now if, they, if they say, I have data where I can show you where 10 banks like you in your same market, yada, 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 have spent this and they see this, that's something you should listen to, right? I mean, it is data, but it's not you, <laughs> you know? If you're a bank that's pissed everybody off you've ever dealt with, you're going to see different results than somebody who's who's kept them happy. But, but ROI is never a for, it is very difficult, if not impossible, even with that data to, in a forward-looking way, predict ROI. Yeah, so you're tracking web, you're tra- tracking people coming in your branches, tracking SEO. Then move over and track the product opens. That it's you a have. return. But we you have to do a thing for something to return. But we track the products too. Same period, baseline time, and we track whatever product. We're not a huge product marketing bank. We we market brand more than anything because there's four thousand some odd of y'all out there, and everybody seems to want to market the same stuff. And so you try to be different. Uh, but that being said, we do product. Our we have a product campaign out right now. But in telling you that. You know, when someone says, well, how do you how do you see the brand campaign, how it worked? Well, you can look at usage yeah. and you can look at usage of your brands and users at website, but then also look at the product and compare it to uh, how it was opened at the same period last year when you didn't have the same advertising. Yeah. Maybe that campaign last year was better than this year's campaign if it's the same time. But the, it's not as hard as people make it out to be. They make it out to be like really, really hard. Well, like finding KPIs, like every RFP I've read has a section for how do you determine KPIs? And I've said it here before, and I'll say it again. Don't hire me if you want a complex answer for it. Do not. Well, and if some, I'm, I'm doing a checking campaign, what should my KPIs be? How many checking accounts did you open? Yeah, that that's a key performance <laughs> indicator. I mean, come on. Yeah. Now, there's other top line ones, you know, impressions, click-throughs, all that before it. But the only one that matters is, and then you could drill down, because not every checking account's the same. Average funding, is it a... Well, yeah, you get into qualify. Like, you, like I could, you could do a marketing campaign and bring 50,000 people online to open checking accounts. Bad. But if they're not... They don't pass up. And, and then they're like, well, then you were at marketing to the wrong people. But what if they just heard on the radio or saw it on TV and you don't know that they're watching TV at a certain time that you're trying to hit a mass market? So there's... Going back to that 10%, I, I want to go back to that because another factor in that in that um, really five-year, four-year four look that we did, the other factor is when, when John said earlier, you're probably going to get a 10% lift year after year. I don't know the exact amount. I don't know that I'd share it if I did know it. But one of the things that was consistent is no matter what is that overall volume in branch traffic and Web traffic went up year over year. Yeah. There are points where it went down, pandemic and all that. But if you look at, if you compare 22 to 21, 22 is higher. 21 to 20. So here's the question you have to ask. Did the ads just get that much better? No. I don't don't think that the 2022 ad is that much better. But what happens, one, is you build volume over time because 
You add a client in 2019. You, you build ID, too. Yeah. You build name ID. But you don't the, just do a branding ad, next thing everybody knows you. But I also think that that it, I'd love to have a control versus whatever experiment, but I think you're just going to grow over time. And look, if you don't believe that, look at the crappy little banks that don't ever do any advertising that just grow over time. Look at the FDIC report on the the bank. Pick a bank that never advertised, or if it's yours, just look at your FD, FDIC reports. Your, that bank is growing over time. Anyway, I don't know. Again, what we need to find, actually, if we're really being analytics about this, is find the rate, the blended rate at which banks grow anyway, and then delete that from your from your natural growth to find out what your growth adjusted for natural forces would be. I didn't hear Bobby. He, he makes a good point. Um, Consolidation is a thing. Uh, when we first started in business, there were nearly 9,000 community banks. Now there's less than 5,000, and that's with them opening banks. I mean, not new charters, people buying charters. If they're not growing, they're closing or getting bought. I mean, that's the thing. They is. They be. Welcome back. When looking at other ways to determine ROI, what are your thoughts on impressions and click-throughs? Because I get that a lot, that people are like, well, impressions are, are just vanity metrics, and in some senses, they are. Well, they're the but they're looking at you. So here's the thing: um, we do when we when we need to, when we have to explain, it, we can create a thing called a matriculation model over time. Matriculation? How yeah. many syllables are in that word? A lot. So what happens is impressions are not vanity metrics. That is a brand impression of your ad, and. If they're vanity me metrics, then they're much more valuable than what we did with when the only media we had was TV, newspaper, and and radio. So th that's another thing that I find. Because those funny. were just that's the only thing those things give you are impressions. So, but he, that's another, and they're great. Another Look, thing that I find funny is I'll say the word old heads because that's kind of the thing told about old folk, you know, old yeah. old heads in the business, whatever. Yeah. It's when you have and, and I had a. A, a very senior marketer that was retired that wanted to go to lunch with me one time because I think he was looking for a consulting gig. But that being said, went to lunch, explained, you know, what we did. And I kind of told him about how marketing was with our, our organization. And it was so far beyond what they're – like, there's experience in a business. And then there's when your experience because new things have, have come into the world since you are having your experience that you're almost – outdated and I don't mean that by age I mean by your experience yeah, if you can catch up because so someone who was big into the four television stations and doing like ad buys where you would buy all together and you could just place it and there wasn't streaming there wasn't bifurcated ways of marketing there wasn't the internet I know it sounds dumb, oh the internet but like no it is the hardest there's a lot of people that like their career ended around 95 and then they kind of did some stuff and they're like, oh I'm gonna consult and, and like you don't have a clue how marketing works now with the, the you know mass intimacy of the phone, yeah. and you don't know how it works with like tailoring an ad campaign that touches all these different digital points. When it's like, I mean, look, if you did advertising in the '80s, frankly, I think it was easy. Now it might have been hard to get a message. I don't know that it was easy. It's but what, it's harder now. It's hard. Yeah. Well, then it was easy. Yeah. By definition, but yeah, and it's so. Let's just do a big ad buy, put on four things, yeah. do a little newspaper ad and then we'll we'll convert when people come into the store and i mean i, I will tell you this just because i said something there that i want to make sure that i don't mislead anybody television if you can buy a television which is not just a budget thing it's like define television now because hulu and all that you can't just buy a tv like you so you put it on on nbc and 
everybody that was watching NBC would see it. You can run an ad on NBC right now, and thirty percent won't see it. Yeah, because it is. is you it on, can do. Is that. it on Dish? Is it on YouTube TV? Is it on Hulu? Yeah. Is it on like like what? How is it There's getting so, to the consumer? But television generally, generally the term television as a mass term and, and everything that fits under it is still the most efficient advertising medium for brand ever. Which still freaks me out. Yeah. Because everyone I know watches certain things, but it's not like they're staring at a TV. But for some reason, it works. Yeah. I mean, it messages the medium. You're powerful if you're on TV. Uh, it is beyond digital. One, you've got 30 seconds. You have one screen that they can't. Yeah, you can flip channels or whatever. But anyway, there's there's a lot of reason for it. But So, that, so you need to know that. Impressions, every every other medium, we start giving digital so much scrutiny because we when you know that much of much is known, much is required. I think it's biblical. We know so much more about digital. There's some more metrics. It gets more questions that it's, it feels like, was your newspaper ad effective? Well, somebody brought it into the branch with a CD special in it. Like, okay. But impressions and click-throughs are not vanity metrics. An impression, we cannot measure how many. You can extrapolate how many people watched your TV spot, but you never know exactly. Impressions? You know exactly. I know exactly. I know a percentage wise, a percentage of that click through. And I know, and if and if the bank, in my perspective, can give me the number of check accounts that open, I go back to the matriculation model. If we follow that over enough time, we can say on average, a hundred impressions. Let's say a thousand impressions gets thirty click throughs, and thirty click throughs gets two account openings. Now, that's an example. That is not. That, yeah, I did because not just if that was you. an example, it would be just like we'll just spend money to get up to however many account openings you want. Yeah, and so yeah, so that in that case, if you if you have that data, then you can and do what and it's repeatable. What your vendor tells you with some degree of variability with it and repeatability. And at, some, and at some point you hit a ceiling too. Yeah, like yeah. you can only direct mail the same neighborhood so many times yeah. where it's like, dude, we've seen it. We're but not going to do But that's the matriculation this. model. And that way, so impressions is is a quality metric in the beginning, but when you build a matriculation model, it becomes more valuable because then you know, hey, we're tracking, we we have, we, we want to open 300 accounts a day and we're tracking at this many impressions. So those lagging factors, because it's Easy to get impressions today for today. It's hard to get account openings for today. So it it's an it's the canary in the coal mine. You can begin to look at it and treat it as more of a vanity metric. But we're not talking about ROI. We're just talking about return metrics. Yeah. And it it's like anything else. You have to have awareness before you know what the product is. And then you have AIDA, to have, baby. And then you have it to still have, works. And then you have to have a need before you go get the product. So it's this marketing one oh one stuff. Yeah. Awareness, interest, decision, yeah. adoption. Is that yeah. the last A? Yeah. So, I think it is, isn't it? Something like that. But but it's still like where the, if you Apple get the, if you get the word right or wrong, it's still they've got to be aware for they have interest before they make a decision, and then they've they got to have a reason to have an interest. So then they have and then they have to go see it, and then they have to get it. It's like the um, it makes me laugh because Diet Coke or maybe it's one of the Coke free or ads or whatever at the end it has that real loud crackly radio voice that says, "I need to try it first. Do you know what I'm talking about? At the end of the ad, the uh, voice comes on and goes, I need to try it first. And it says it real loud. And it's kind of like, they kind of let the marketers run the shop. No, I mean, I know marketers run it, but like, it's almost like they were like, let's just tell people they need to try it. Right. But, but it does work. I will say this the power of suggestion does work. And it's super memorable too, because most people are like, you know, 
Pepsi makes you feel good or Coke is that, but this just goes, I need to try it first. It has a kind of a, a, a quirky voice. Yeah. And hey, here's your little note. And the fact. Burger King thing too, like just guy oh, over boy. and over again. That song so, will not get out of your head. Here's your little known fact. I'm curious. Send me an email. Let me know if you already knew this because y'all send so many emails, especially when I ask. Don't send me an email. Got too many. Did you know that Diet Coke was invented by an ad agency? Really? Yeah. So the drink or the name? The concept. Okay. The story goes that Do tell. That the agency for Coke at the time, I should have the details of this. I could be just wrong, but check me, I guess. The agency's like, hey, there's huge diet trends. We see this, you know, health in America is a big deal. You need a diet soda. And, well, and, and didn't should, the research say people that if if a product has diet, people tend to buy more of it than the, the yeah, that, like, that's true. Like but Bud that, Light over there, that like the lights, the diets, all that stuff. I don't think at this point that was a known metric, but it was yeah. just, you're going to be losing in the market if you don't, everybody is getting a diet version of it. You've got to go to market with a diet version of your product. And that was an out. Isn't that what created light beer as well? I'm pretty sure, yeah. Yeah. So, which is funny. Remember that everybody thought light beer was less alcoholic? It, that's funny. But you're, I, yeah. I, but I only drank light beer. Like, what? No, it's just, it's just a lighter beer. It's they nice. thought it was just watered down, I guess. Like, it was half water. It is, it is watered down, but not in that sense. Yeah. There is one, though, that is watered down, which shall remain nameless. Uh, anyway, as best as I know it, that, that Diet Coke was created by an ad agency. But not the formulation, not it needs to no, but taste they like went to their, or whatever. They went to their customer, Coke, and said, hey, you create— We have seen trends, and you need a product. You need a product that is less caloric and sugary as this one, and we'll call it Diet Coke, and you'll sell a bazillion of them because this is the trend what? people are going for. It. They did. They should have done that on contingency. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they, a percentage of every diet coke that was sold. That, well, I, you can Google the 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 word diet in a you know, on a food. Just but here's the thing with a, creates with, a market in itself. I know that there are bankers out there. They're like, God, I wish I had an agency that would tell me what the trends were, so I know exactly what to sell next. Doesn't everybody? Yeah, it happens every once in a while. I mean, some of that's luck. It, it's and it's, I think Stouffer's planned or, luck or whomever had already made lean cuisine, so it's not like no one had done this before, but. Yeah, Tab was a was, and it was a an unassociated diet cola. Bobby uh, point out Tab, like it didn't have, it wasn't a diet of another. Po- you know, you take the most popular soft drink and say, do a diet version, do that, or you're gonna lose market share. Diet Coke was the first one to do the diet version. Diet Coke, Bobby said, Diet Coke was the first one to do a diet version of their prime soft drink. Anyway, it doesn't happen very often, but even then, it shows how myopic every industry is that. Nobody was like, I'm sure they were saying, like, we need to d- develop a diet drink. We're going to call it skinny. Well, everything went diet But they were like, and light. no, just call it Diet Coke. Oh, and light. Everything went light yeah. and diet. Miller Light. It created a market. It Mi- absolutely well, created a market. Miller Light did not, was, was just losing so bad to Budweiser before Miller Light. Is I didn't even know as a kid growing up with the taste great, less fit, the Cheers ads and all that. I grew up not knowing... Uh, I remember being like older and being like, wait, is there a, there's a Miller Lite. Is there a regular Miller? Yeah. The banquet beer. Oh, well. If it didn't sell and work, they wouldn't make light and diet. Yeah. I don't think, in fact, I would argue it wasn't diet. made. In fact, it wasn't even made for health. It was made for revenue. Yeah. That comes back full circle to the ROI argument of something. Can we make diet banking? I think we tried that. You could. That you, was free checking. You could, you <laughs> could make a, you could make an account. 
that you put all your money into and you can only ever get like 10% of it out. That'd be great for a bank. Well, there are restrictions on savings accounts that what, yeah. six a year withdrawals or something yeah, like that, supposedly, like that. or you have to move it into a checking account. I don't know if that's changed with any new well, regulation because I mean, we don't market it that way, but uh, I think there is some limitations to a, a specifically named savings account and what you can do with it. But you can check me on that. I'm not the expert on the, the compliance of a savings account activity because that's not what we market. We market the brand. So anyway, I don't know what else. We'll, next time, maybe we'll comment on some of the Super Bowl ads, whether you like it or not. I'm sure there'll be some this Sunday that are uh, will be pretty good and, and funny. Art has imitated life. I mean, like, really, it is only being watched for the ads. But here's what's stupid. It's like Black Friday. The fact that you can see the ads before the Super Bowl now, like, I can't believe that advertisers did not protect that more. I, well, Because why would you spend $6 million Because if, I think there's two markets. I think there's the market of everyday Joe that's not in the but you'd the, watch Twitter, it the, next day. the Twitter, watch it on that. Well, they want to hype it and let people know about it. So I guess. Beat their competition. Show a trailer. It. Show a preview. Yeah. Anyway, there is a trailer to uh, P. Diddy writes a jingle. That is one that's got to be on here. Yeah. They, re- they did, to, to hear the jingle, he writes... Maybe it's Doritos, some company. For here, the 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 Diddy that Diddy writes, you have to mm. watch the commercial. But they've done the preview of Diddy writing the jingle. Oh, nice! Because Diddy don't do jingles, but Diddy does jingles if Diddy gets paid. So, Is that what he says? It's something like that. Yeah. I'm not cool enough to explain to. Yeah. And not see it nor pronounce it the way it is on the commercial because yeah. it seems real cool when they do it. I'm like, dang, I want to see that. But anyway, all well, right. May all your returns be proud. May all your investments have returns. Have returns. There it is. All right. Talk to y'all later. <laughs>and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual participants and do not reflect the official policy or position of any financial institution or agency, Renaissance Corporation, Renaissance Bank and its affiliates, or the Mabus Agency. For more information, please visit marketingmoneypodcast.com.